everyone. Welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions, the brotherly battle of brains. I'm Max Hodkowski, and I am the inventor of Friendsgiving. And I'm Mike Lakowski, and I'm slightly hungover. That is actually just true. No, yeah, I, I have to lie every time I talk. No, I just... I... What, I can't tell the truth? You know, sometimes I do question that capability. No, I... Like you have it or not. I, I... All right, this is incriminating. We're going to move on <laughs> swiftly. Right, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. If you want to move on, we'll move on. Let's move on. That's, wow. I don't want to be incriminated in anything more than I need to be. So, but we, our focus groups say that they want to know you as a human being more because they think you're really robotic. What focus groups? Jokes. We have focus groups? Yeah, you're spending money focus on focus groups? No, they're free focus groups. I pay them in Kit Kat bars. They may or may not be your Kit Kat bars. You bastard. <laughs> any rate. People want to know what makes you tick. Why are you hungover? Why am I hungover? I don't know. God, oh, why would Mike be hungover? Um, that's my first question this week. Yeah, that's why do why do humans feel hungover? All that's right, not my, that's not my first question. I hope not. I'm actually super excited about my questions, though. I Excellent. have um, I actually have a theme, sort of. I have a pseudo theme for my five questions. Ooh, yeah. Excellent. I don't have a theme, well, but that's because I I didn't think we were doing a themey episode. So, to remind new listeners, ah, yes, um, we, uh, we each come with five questions, and we each ask the other the five questions. There are questions such as who, what, where, when, why, how, which, you know, one of those wonderful W words. and Or H words, like how. Well, how, how has a W in it. How does have a W, but at the end. And it, we get three guesses. You get it on the first guess, one of us gets three points. Second guess, two points, and third guess, one point. And at the end, we, you know, rack up the points. Sometimes there's a tiebreaker, but uh, hopefully I'm going to, you know, mop the floor with Max again. Yeah, actually, I do think my questions are a lot more um, obtainable, I guess. Uh, you can grasp them. You can hold them in your hand. They're very tactile. They're physical answers. One of them, actually, you're not going to say anything. I know it's probably not good for podcasts. It's, just, it's a horrible podcast because it's, it's, it's all props. The answer, the answer you have to, you have to touch me in a certain way. Mike, you know, you know I'm moving I, swiftly on from this topic now. <laughs> you know how I like to be touched, Mike. God, it's a I, brotherly I, podcast, and you just uh, okay. I'll be honest. The focus group scientists told me I should say that because they thought it would do really good with certain certain groups uh, of listeners that they want us to attract. So, like, yep. I'm sorry for that awkwardness. That wasn't very professional of me. A survey says people want us to ask questions. Now, question one for you. Okay. Who played Elvis Presley's mom in the movie Blue Hawaii? Oh my god, we just talked about this and you knew I was going to forget. I was there for that conversation. You asked mom and dad this question. Um, I do remember from the conversation that she is older than the actor who played Elvis in the movie. And that is all I remember. I don't remember her name. I Honestly, Mike, I'm... You have three guesses. I do have three guesses. You could use them. Or you could sputter about. I'm going to sputter about. You know how I do. You know my methodology. I either rapid fire my answers or I don't have any at all. Do I have a year for the, when this movie came out? It was in the uh, it was 60s, early 60s. Oh, there's no way I'm going to get this then. Yeah, he, he just, this is the whole, he came Aretha back from Franklin. the army. Aretha Franklin, that would be so no, good. No, no. That would be so good. Um, that would have been quite, quite the thing. Yeah, so progressive. Dude, I have no idea, man. Dick Cheney? No. We've also been quite an impressive role. 
The woman who plays the old Tyrell in Game of Thrones. No, not Olivia Rigg. Yeah, okay, those are my guesses. Give it to me, Mike. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. From Murder, She Wrote, as well as the original Miss Potts in Beauty and the Beast. So she played Elvis's mother, uh, mother, and she was only 10 years older than him. Only 10 years, <laughs> only 10 years older than him. Yeah, I mean, but that's still, like, to play someone's mother. I could have sworn you said that she was younger than him. No, 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 she was older. Huh, okay. I thought that was something we mentioned in that conversation earlier. No. Some Thanksgiving conversation. We just had it. Exactly. Not to age this episode too much, but... So, zero points for you. Yes. What you got for me? Zero points for me, but I hopefully will... Well, no, you'll get this. No, you won't. No, you won't. I'm going to go right to my who as well. Who prosecuted Galileo Galilei? Who prosecuted him? It was a, it was a, it was a pope. I'm assuming it's a pope. Wait, was it, Ma- was it, was it, uh, was it Machiavelli? It was not Machiavelli. Okay, I'm just thinking Italians who stuff to do with the law. Um, right, okay, fair. Was it Pope, uh, was it Pope Urban the Third or whatever? No, it was not Pope Urban the Third. Was it? No. no I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to say it. Yeah. Was it Leonardo da Vinci? It was not Leonardo da Vinci, though. That would be a really cool little factoid. Well, the way you, the way you just said it, I was like, oh, it's probably someone we, know, you know, someone it's famous, but we didn't know that they also did this on the side. And I mean, it was a pope. It was definitely a pope. Okay, so I was somewhat on the right on the track. Right track. With that. I, you should have stuck with it, but that's okay. Um, it was Pope Paul the Fifth. Pope Paul V. Yes. And obviously he did a bunch of other stuff, as any pope does. You know, they've they don't do much. Good number of years to, to do things, especially back in the day when they had a lot more power. And, uh, well, I mean, they still do have a lot of power, but they had a lot more political power, too, obviously. Yes. But um, the top line of his Wikipedia article just says, most famous now for persecuting Galileo Galilei. He's like, I had all these other things I passed. Yeah, exactly. Like He just like, probably didn't think that was going to be it. Like, I'm sure, you know, so no one thing people really always him as a villain, right? People always brought that up at parties, and he just didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. He's like, In no, I want, to talk, I want to talk about my interpretation of scripture. No, 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 let's talk about Galileo again. What, what, what happens when he gets to the heavenly gates? He sees, um, Peter's like, oh, you Peter. prosecuted Galileo. Like, I don't, I mean, you're a pope. And, like, we liked you. We liked a lot of your work. But this one blip, like, I'm sorry. He's just, uh, he's in there. It'd be awkward. So, I'm sorry. You just can't come in. <laughs> what was he prosecuted for? Like, did he, did he like, hit someone with a car? No, he, he wouldn't. Obviously not. It was before cars. But, you know, what'd he do? Was it was it because he said the earth? No, it's because he, he posted um, a webcomic online and he didn't cite the source. I'm serious though. What did he do to deserve being prosecuted? Well, no, yeah, you're right. It was his. It was his outlandish ideas that he was, you know, uh, uh, had evidence that we are definitely not the center of the solar system. Right. right? He, he he had all these telescopes, you know, and was like looking at stuff. And he's did like, he this not is have not a per- how this works? He didn't have a permit for his telescopes. Clearly. Well, I mean, he must have. In theory, he would have had to make permits. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe he didn't have a permit for his telescope. Who knows. Um, uh, get everyone. This is a nice little um a moment to do a PSA. Make sure your telescope's registered with the with the federal list. That's important. You know, it's it's not just for your safety; it's for the telescope's safety. Yes, 
Yes, because we have telescopes screaming all over for not having a... They're screaming in pain. Exactly. Okay, Max, what is the difference between a whitesmith and a blacksmith? Oh, wow. Oh, I love this question already. Um, a whitesmith deals with jewelry and silverware, and a blacksmith deals with steels and, and iron. No. No? Okay. Um, I'm assuming it has to do with the temperature, then. A blacksmith is doing it at a much colder temperature compared to a whitesmith. Uh, uh, working metal at a much different temperature. No, that's not the difference. Oh, I feel like I'm close with that, though. You are. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, Last man. Last chance. See if you can get a point. Yeah, I really want this point. Is is a is a blacksmith... Okay, no, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me think this through. Blacksmith's white smith. Completely different colors. Like, a blacksmith is definitely using a forge. They're definitely like, getting it hot. But a whitesmith, it'll be glowing hotter, but it's not that. You said it's not that. Oh, maybe it's like the state, the condition. Um, okay, maybe okay, maybe I'm gonna say like the whitesmith manages blacksmiths. Is that like they're clean, like their 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 clothes are clean, and that's why they're called whitesmiths, and the blacksmiths are like in the, the iron works and so their clothes are smoke. I don't know. I'm trying to mm-hmm. reason the names here. Is that your answer? Yeah, that's my answer. Okay, you were you were so close. You're wrong. That I had to flip the heat things? Blacksmiths work with heated metals, and whitesmiths work with cold metals. So a oh, tinsmith... I did think about that too, but I just didn't yeah. so think it would go that way. tinsmith is often referred to as just a whitesmith. But oh, so if you ever see a person working with tin, they're just banging it out and they're shaping it. They don't have to heat it at all. Yeah, right. Tin is very malleable. So as the blacksmith works with the heated metals at all. Huh. And that's how they work with it. I love it. I love it. Yep. Okay, I'm about to get into my second question. I just want to remind you that I have a theme here. Some, at least a loose theme. All right. Okay. Prosecution. <laughs> yeah, prosecution. No, not prosecution. What flower-based card set has suits associating with each month of the year, but unique drawings on each of the 48 cards? What flower? What? What? what, what? Sorry. Yeah, I know. It's a long-winded question. What flower-based ba- card set, so the card sets are based on types of flowers, have suits that are associated with each month, so the 12 months, mm-hmm. but each card is a unique drawing, and there's 48 cards in the set. So, I mean, right off the bat, it's not traditional playing cards, but think cards you somebody would play a game with. It's not like some weird, it's not like, I'm going to try and make, make the most... Like a probably something horticultural society or some equinox in vanal. Um, I'm saying random words now. Uh a horticultural anniversary playing card deck for the Royal Horticultural Society. Okay, I like your idea because you're thinking of months and you're thinking of flowers, but you're wrong. That's wrong. Okay, is it a set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards? It is not a set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I have no idea how many cards go into a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, but I know, do know that a Blue-Eyes White Dragon is the best card in the game, and now we're just getting a bunch of emails saying how that's not true. Please send me your Yu-Gi-Oh trivia questions to ufaqpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to not read them on the podcast. Right. What suit? <laughs> is it uh, uh I'm going to say... Do you want a hint? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this now before you 
you burn through your second guess. Would you rather? No, I already burned through my second guess. No, you said horticulture. Oh and no, you didn't say you. So shoot, yeah, shoot, you're right. Um, right. it's too, it's too, too. Uh, let's... no, but you knew it wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh. Come on. No, I, I, I. Okay, uh, um, it's like a sta- it's a standardized card set, so you knew it wasn't going to be Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. Is it Mohegan's Sun? Oh, I actually kind of like that answer, even though it's Mohegan Sun's themed because I know they have different season stuff. I do have a deck of Mohegan Sun cards. Yeah, but like our um, decks, our our decks in America, like a deck of playing cards, which I don't know what the official title of those are, but those a are deck of playing 52, cards. Well, those are fifty-two cards, right? I'm talking here. We got forty-eight. So this flower-based card set with the forty-eight cards is called Hanafuda. It's a Japanese card set, and it's used for gambling. It happened, uh, 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 gambling was banned in 19, uh, excuse me, 1633, after being popularized in the 16th century because of um, some Portuguese uh, missionary came over and introduced a Portuguese gambling card set called Hombre. Um, okay. Hombre. And so gambling took off in Japan, and they loved it, and the government kept banning these card sets. And eventually, when they stopped banning these card sets, as they kept getting produced and produced, Hanafuda kind of won out, because they happened to be produced when they stopped banning cards. So, very, very popular, traditional gambling card set in Japan. Hanafuda. Beautiful cards. Gotta look them up. I recommend it. They're actually really gorgeous. Interesting. Yeah. I like that gambling took off because white people just showed up. Yeah, no, exactly. It is one of the many reasons why Japan decided to go isolationist, right? Yeah. Right after that. Yes. Huzzah, white people ruining everything. Where was the first Stanley Cup championship played? I'm going to say Vancouver. No. Okay. The first Stanley Cup champion was played in Chicago. Nope. Can I have a year? I guess it's a hint. I guess I shouldn't get that. No, I mean, it, I, I don't. I am kind of forgot to write down the date, Um, but it is irrelevant to where. It's not like, it's a location that still exists. It's not a location that somehow doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but I, I you know, it was like super old. Maybe it was some like kind of lesser known or not as important city to hockey anymore. You know, the first Stanley Cup. Okay, I, I'll guess Boston. I feel like that's kind of a cheesy guess. I don't know. But no, Boston. The answer is Montreal. Oh, you know, I even thought Montreal, but I was like, no, nah, I feel like you said Vancouver. You were in the right country. You said Chicago. Yeah. You were getting closer and closer. I did think of Montreal. I just thought Vancouver would be more likely, and then I went down the list with Chicago and Boston because I thought those were just more probable than Montreal. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I love these low-scoring games. These are yeah, thrilling. Well, I think they're great because we can we can ask good questions. Yes, you know that's true, and, and, and also find ways to trick each other. Yeah, um, but I'm sure there's a listener out there screaming their head off right now, like it was Montreal, you idiot! It was Pope Paul the the fifth, you idiot! Yeah, the person who's saying Pope Paul the fifth doesn't have any friends. Yeah, I'll be honest, that's kind of a that was a little I, bit of a stretch. That's that just that seems like anyone who really thinks that would be good needs to get out more and talk to people. About Pope Paul V, sure, but at least talk to people. Okay, Michael, are right. you ready for your next question? I am. I am. You, you, you stretched and all that? When did Nintendo get started? When did Nintendo, the gaming company and console company, get started? When was it created? Hmm. You got a year and plus or minus three years. 
though I might widen that. Okay. Um, Nintendo Video Game Company. I'm gonna say 1978. Way too high. As in two. Two. It's sorry. The, the the number is too high. It is not old enough. Okay, so it's too recent. That is a too, is the too word. recent of a date. Yeah, I don't think you understand how time is. I, Michael, you know English is not my first language. Yes. 1960. Incorrect. Again, too recent. Far too recent. I'm going to plus or minus eight here on the years instead of plus or minus three. 1947. 1947 is still too recent. It predates World War II and World War I. What the Sam hell? What, what? Nintendo started as a card company, and it was uh, first got started in 1889, September 23rd. Okay. So your theme. Okay. All right. Is it cards? Get a crack at this. Well, what would my first question have to do with that? Who persecuted Galileo Galilei and the answer being Pope Paul V? Paul V. This has to do with gambling or no it's a little bit more of an abstract connection we'll come back to it because i got the fourth my fourth question is also part of the theme so let's okay. wait until that all righty and um, the fifth question too so if i said question. you know um you know i showed up and uh, say charles dickens and his books very much victorian era you know from the victorian age kind of costume concept if you said william shakespeare you'd say that's elizabethan so if i said when was the judithian age what time would i be talking about the judithian age yeah how long ago was that or what era of time was that i'm gonna i'm gonna use a hint here i'm gonna use my first guess and and rip it out and turn it into a hint and ask for a hint here but it's going to be a focused hint. Is this still in terms of English eras? Like you're saying Victorian, Elizabethan, Elizabeth, Elizabethan. Yeah, yep. Elizabethan. Right. Elizabethan. Thank you. That's that's what I was looking for. Is it still like one of those English monarch, British monarch eras? I should be saying British monarch eras. No. No. Okay. So I would say the Judith era would be uh like the like the maybe the the f- 4th century AD no no okay it is not the judithian era judithian judithian era or age judith um hey judith hey judith it's not how this song goes oh man i'll just start throwing out dates the from the 19 19- Nope, that's not true. That's not going to be it. Yeah, the nineteen like forties to to the modern age. No, no. All right, um, you're thinking far too recent for both of your guesses. Really? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> the fourth century AD is too recent. Oh yes. Wow. Alrighty then. Let's go way back. Let's go way way back to like thirteen hundreds BC. Give it to me, Mike. It's that's too that's far back. That's still huh? too recent. Really? What are the you Judithian age was eighty three point five to seventy point six million years ago. Is this, so is this uh, uh, just during the Cretaceous? It was named after it was a this guy decided to name while he was out fossil hunting. He had a, a young wife, and he decided the era of the Cretaceous that these fossils were all being discovered. He named it after his young wife Judith, and hence the Judithian age. 
So this is a faunal stage. Yes. In terms of era. Sorry, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page yes. now because I'm very interested. This you... is a good one. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you were like, I got to make sure there's a thing. Yeah, want to be screwed over. to 70.6 million years ago. Wow. Yep. Overlaps with the Campanian. Yep. Which is the fifth or sixth. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. This is neat. This is real neat. Mm. It's so, a short, this is a short little Wikipedia article. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, anyone who's really into the Judithian is probably working on a dissertation or studying right now and doing other work. So they're probably like, I don't need... I think the people really know that have other things to do besides updating the Wikipedia articles, so I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Mike, you want your next question, or do you want to go through some sponsors? Uh, let's do the sponsors after the next question. Okay, excellent. Mike's got some sponsors lined up for us. He's been working hard gathering these, uh, gathering this money for us. Um, speaking of which, what's our, what's our, um, not to talk too much shop here on the, on the cast, but what are we expecting for a check this week? Um, like a solid mill or like a, a nice green check, a, a green check. Yep. Not All a right. red, not a red crossed out mark. All right. Is it going to, is okay. All right. I won't ask any more questions. I was thinking. No, was, no, you should ask questions. That's what I want to hear from you next. It's why we're here. Mike, which is the best selling video game ever to be more precise? The most amount of sales. This is not gross sales. Uh, or the best-selling video game ever. Yes. Is this... And if you want, you can use a hint for me to narrow it down to, like, the top five or six. Is it Mario? It is not Mario. Okay. Is it... Super Mario is seventh. Super Mario is seventh. Super Mario Brothers. Is, oh, is it? Is it Minecraft? Minecraft is second. Really close. Okay. Is it... I'm just, I'm, I really hope this is the answer. I know it's not. Is it Pong? Oh, that's a good, like, I like the idea. I really but want to be Pong. Wrong. You're way God wrong. damn it. I don't even think, I don't think Pong even shows up in the top 100. Pong, still letting people down. Yeah. Um, I don't even think it shows up in the top 100 here. What, what is it? Tetris. It's Tetris. It beat, it beat out Minecraft by only a little bit in terms of sales. It's beating it out by about 16 million copies. Grand Theft Auto V is actually third, which I was really surprised by. If you wanted to go classic, you should have said Duck Hunt. That's that's just shy of Skyrim's numbers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive if you think about it. Well, Skyrim, they just keep re-releasing. Yeah, exactly. It um, says here, no, release date, November 11, 2011, but we know Skyrim is going to be released until after Skyrim 8 comes out. Yeah, they will. Oh, Elder Scrolls 8 comes out. It will never be, there'll be a time where people go, one day there were, there were games other than Skyrim. <laughs> you kids won't remember it. Well, Todd Howard, that's his name. Todd Howard created a console just so he could make another import of Skyrim. Exactly. It's called the Skyrim console. It only plays Skyrim. But we're not going to release Skyrim from the year after the console comes out. What a horrible marketing strategy. Alrighty. So before I get to my last question, just want to thank some of our sponsors. I want to thank Standard Oil Company for all their great work. <laughs> and also Schlitz, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Schlitz. Schlitz. Schlitz, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Exactly. Mike, how old is the product that you... Are you drinking a Schlitz right now? I, I, it's delicious. <laughs> Is it? Slurp, 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 slurp. Um, 
that's the sound humans make when they drink <laughs> when they drink things, right? Like I told you about the whole human thing and the and the focus groups think that you're just like a too like cartoony. Well, like I, it's I, more of a gulp. We make more of a gulp, gulp, gulp noise. Is that what humans do? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I I just sit in this room in the dark when there's no one around. Just just sit in silence and wait until someone comes in and yeah. rock myself back and forth while I listen to Noam Chomsky records at like a thousand RPMs. Noam Chomsky records. Oh, oh he's got when some. You say that, well, when you say that, it makes me think of like an album, like a CD album, like something recent. And that's just no, no like vinyl. Rapping on it. No vinyl. His, hey, check out his new mixtape. Noam Chomsky's got this new hot mixtape coming out. Hot Noam Chomsky <laughs> lectures on vinyl. <laughs> it's what all America is hopping and grooving to. Oh man. So give me give me a question, Mike. Give me your last one here. How many months did the July monarchy of France last? How many months did the July monarchy of France last? I'm going to go with the stupid answer and say one month. No, it's not one month. I'm going to go with the next stupidest answer. Two months, July to August, Enzo. No. All right. I'm going to go one step further and double or nothing and go with four months. Also... No. How upset are you at me right now? Did I skip the answer? No, no. I'm never. I'm not upset with you. I'm quite happy because this means I'm still winning. It winning? Was, Do you have any points? I don't, but <laughs> I have a chance to get points. Um, oh man! It was 211 months from the 26th of July, 1832, to the 23rd of February in 1848. So I mean, that's a pretty long time. That's not a short monarchy. That's what? What did you say? Thir- 12 years no excuse me yeah. 16 years 32 to 48 yep yeah that's pretty good i'd be happy if any of my monarchies lasted that long yeah so it takes its name from uh this so there was after the uh napoleon and there was the uh the, the restored house of bourbon um or bourbon however you want to pronounce it they ruled and under you know under charles the 10th there was rumblings of a revolution and there was an overthrow. So he was overthrown by his cousin, who was from the uh, Orléans branch of the house. And his cousin, uh, Louis-Philippe, became king. And he kind of, you know, reinvigorated everything. And, and so he ended up ruling. So it became known as the July Monarchy because of the coup that took place. And that's how it's referred to, even though it lasted for 211 months. Wow. So, yep. And then he was, of course, overthrown again. There was another in 1848 and there was the second french republic then took place after that which Um, french republic are we on to right now i don't know my french history that well i never took you know french so i didn't learn the french history we are on i believe you know what i don't i don't know exactly but i think this is a good trivia question so maybe that question might come up in the future email us your answers at ufaq at podcast.com or better yet ask us the question itself and then we'll have to try to figure it out we'll just do it live we'll just do it live fuck it we'll do it live fuck it we'll do it live mike my last question still in my little like pseudo theme um my connected dots how was will wright inspired to create the person simulating game the sims Will Wright created a bunch of Sims games, The Sims included, 
and he was inspired by a, a, a certain event that happened. He was playing Tetris with Nintendo employees, and talking they were the talking about the Pope. The, 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 but of course, it was Paul nothing specific. Um, so this was about the Sims. Yes, the original, not, the original Sims, not Sim. Not City, like Sim City Sim, or Sim no, Ants, so the original, which also helped the original and, Sims. And, and, um, yeah, he also what designed. inspired him was yes. did he bump into someone in the street who just spoke Someone who didn't know, someone who was having a stroke, and he just assumed he was speaking a different language, and he let the man die. No, no, they hacked that language up from Ukrainian, like French, and like Swedish, and English, and like a bunch of stuff. They only did it so the English language that the wor- the characters were saying didn't sound bland and didn't get dry as they repeat phrases, and also so they didn't need to retranslate everything to different markets. Hmm. But no, he didn't. He didn't talk to someone who was having a stroke on the street and be like, "Hey, I like the way you. I like the cut of your jib and the way you talk." As you as you as flop around <laughs> with your stroke, slowly dying in front of me, I'm off to go make millions. But for um, some reason, I can see what you're trying to say with this weird floating speech bubble above your head. Uh, yeah, you're having a stroke. Also, you should get that crystal checked out. It looks a little redder than it should. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> no, that's not. He, he's he not was, how he was inspired. Um. That would be a little too on the nose, I think. I I'm trying to think. He was was he was he playing another game? Did that inspire him? No, it was like a a, a a life event that he went through. I can give you a hint. Maybe it's a, it's a small little hint. Originally, the game was just going to be a home builder. Like the alpha version of the game was just like the, like, you know, you played the game when you yes. create the house from scratch. Originally, so- that was the whole game. Was he go with? D- oh, um, he he, uh, uh, he his family was he got married, or he had a baby. He, he didn't have the his baby. Own house and he built his own house. Close, but not quite. All I'm right, not giving you points for that one. What is it? Sorry, I mean I'm not giving you points for that guess. Do you have one more guess? I can't count. No, that's it. Those those are all three of my guesses. All right, super close. The game was inspired. Uh, from him getting his life back together after his house burned down in the Oakland Hills fire. Oh. Yeah. So oh. his house built down, and so he had to get a new house, and he had to move. Um, it's It doesn't say in the interview that if he built a house, or like got a house built for him, maybe, or whatever, or if he just moved into a new home. But, yeah, like moving, and he was like, hey, building, like, houses are cool. Build a house, and he was like, wait, what if we, like, could do stuff in this game? I don't remember spending a lot of hours on that game. That was a fun game. And that's also why, famously, most people who play The Sims eventually just lock their sim in the house and then burn the house down. It's to tribute Will Wright's house burning down. That started the whole game. Yes. The whole franchise. It has nothing to do with the fact that these people are all probably closet psychopaths. No, they're definitely doing it in honor of the creation, the inspiration of the game itself. All right, Mike, we are sitting on a cool zero to zero. So it means we have to go for a tiebreaker. And our tiebreaker, as always, for the last several years of doing this, is Wickety Wickety Whack, where we go to a Wikipedia article and we go through um, obscure sentences uh, uh, until one of us gets, or excuse me, the other person gets the Wikipedia article's title or what the Wikipedia article is about. We go from the most obscure sentence we can to the least obscure sentence we can. Mike, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I think I'll let you go first. All right, cool. 
my wickety wickety wax segment. The vehicle is composed of the binder, or if it is necessary to thin the binder with dilute, excuse me, with a dilute like solvent or water, it is the combination of binder and dilute. Dilute? Dilute? Dilute. That sounds weird. Saying that sounds really weird. Dilute. Do you want me to read the sentence again? Yeah, it was a vehicle. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, vehicle. The vehicle is composed of the binder, or if it's necessary to thin the binder with dilute like solvent or water, it is a combination of binder and dilute. So it's not a vehicle like a vroom vroom vehicle. No, no, it's not a vehicle like a vroom vroom vehicle. Binder. Um. Well, I could dilute some of my, my car right now with water. Spilled that hot chocolate in it this morning. The vehicle is. I don't know. Um. Ooh. It's cocking or something? You know? No. No. This is probably the most abstract sentence on the page that doesn't include the name of the object itself. Okay. Next sentence? Sure. Okay. Next sentence. It was not until the stimulus of World War II. <laughs> I love. I love determining. <laughs> I love saying World War II is a stimulus, uh, a beautiful stimulant. Um, it was <laughs> not until the stimulus of World War II created a shortage of linseed oil in the supply market that artificial resins and alkydes were invented. Cheap and easy to make, they also held the color well and lasted for a long time. Oh, I think I only have one other sentence on this article that doesn't include the name of the the piece itself. This is um. It's it's okay. So something, um, 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 shortage of linseed oil in the supply market that artificial resins and alkydes were invented. Artificial resin. Oh, like rubber? Not quite. Nope. Uh, is, use linseed oil and rubber. Um, is it like nylon. No, I don't know. Still, do you want the last sentence? I do. Okay. It is most commonly used to protect color and provide texture to objects. It's paint? It is paint. Oh my god. Well done. No, that's not well done. You got it on the first guess of the third sentence. And you were really close most of the time, I think. I think your, your, what was your first guess? Caulking? Right? I thought that was like a really good first guess. Your second guess has started falling off. I thought linseed oil would kind of give it away personally, but I guess not. Yeah, well done. I think I think it was well done. I don't think these wiggity wiggity wax segments are easy because we could be pulling from all sorts of information. Yep. Well, I'm currently having the issue where it's loading, oh. slowly loading right now, and I just well, I'm gonna try to retry. You know, we can edit this out. We can edit this out. This is the beauty of of modern day technology, modern day paints that don't have lead in them. I didn't edit this out. <laughs> Future Max Strix again. Oh, hey, wait. Actually, while, while you're loading that, let's go back. You want to guess the theme of my my questions? Um, because that's like that's got to be worth a point if you get it. So I'll run through my questions again, real real quick. Who persecuted Galileo Galilei? Paul Pope Paul V. Hanafuda, being the the gambling card set introduced, or excuse me, created in gamble uh, uh, in Japan. I'd say cards or games, but it has nothing to do with Galileo. Nintendo started as a card company, then the best-selling video game, and then will write about The Sims. Like, that's a lot of different things. Did they all happen on the same day? No. Oh, that makes no sense. It's dumb. Um, I have no idea. So, it's a sequence, because all of these Wikipedia articles, or at least, like, 
the last one's actually not a Wikipedia article, but it's it's still, I would say, two degrees of each other. They're all within two degrees of each other. You can go from Pope Paul V, or really more accurately, you can go from Hanafuda to Pope Paul V in two clicks. You can go from Hanafuda to Nintendo in like one click. You can go from Nintendo to best-selling video games in one click. And on the best list of best-selling video games, way down on the list of the top 20 or 30, Sims. is The Sims. Okay, that's that's not a theme. That's just a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence because it's how I chose to do the questions. So there was a there was a methodology to it. Okay, and I even told you it was like a abstract theme. It wasn't a theme necessarily that they all yeah. have to do with gambling. I'm sorry, you're upset with how I use the word theme inaccurately because I don't know the English language. Alrighty. Do you have your wiggity wiggity whack yet? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, thank God. Save me from this. Let me lose in peace. The thorax and abdomen are segmented and have a rigid cuticle and made up of overlapping plates composed of chit chitin. 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 It's pronounced chitin. It's chitin. It's pronounced chitin. Yeah. I've never... The thing is, I've never had to say the word out loud. Really? I'm honestly baffled by that. Yeah. Can you, say, I don't... can you say the first half of the sentence again? The thorax and abdomen are segmented and have a rigid cuticle made up of overlapping plates composed of chitin. Um, B. The bumblebees. Bees. No. Am I talking about, um, it's not ants because they don't have the plated. Is centipedes? No. No, no, no. Never mind. No, no, no. Definitely not centipedes. Um, not spiders. Beetles in general? No. Okay. I know we're big fans of beetles here. Give me the next sentence. The three fuse thoracic segments bear three pairs of legs and two pairs of wings. Uh, dragonfly. No. Three. Okay. Say the, sorry, say that one again. The three fuse thoracic segments bear three pairs of legs and two pairs of wings. Okay. And you'd give it to me if it was the, what are they called? Uh, the one that's super similar to dragonflies? I don't think they're even in America. May, may, may? Damselfly? Damselfly, yeah, damselfly. It's not that either, right? No, it's not that, no. Yeah. Okay. Two sets of wings. Not a ladybug. Nope. Yeah, that's, they, they, they have more legs than that. I feel like I'm really close. I guess give me that last um, sentence. The third sentence you're going to get is the four wings, known as tegmina, are narrow and leathery, while the hind wings are large and membranous, the veins providing strength. The veins providing strength. It's a weird way to end that sentence, but yeah, I didn't but write it. Yeah, but veins so. in the hind pair of wings and the front you said are thin and leathery yep whoa that is very that is very distinct though that definitely separates it from other insects and things or what's well, got to be an insect yes of some kind i'll let you know it is an in insect yes yeah well with the what thorax and abdomen and the chitin yes granted there are thousands and thousands of species of insects there are so, so yes. many species of insects I was thinking like ant right away because the queen ants get wings, but I know it's not that because they only get one set of wings. Moths and butterflies have one set of wing. I'm going to be really upset when I hear the answer. I'm going to be really upset when I hear the answer. I know that. All right, Mike, slap me and call me an insect because I am getting eaten alive by this question. It is grasshopper. Grasshopper. Yep. Oh, see, because their wings are hidden. I never really look at them. I never get a good chance to look at them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you know what happens when grasshoppers 
get really high population, and under certain environmental conditions, they you know, start happens. They start cannibalizing each other. Well, I, but that's probably something they do on the regular anyway. Actually, they change their color people. and their behavior, and they form swarms. Oh, and they turn into locusts. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, that's that's actually just a behavioral thing. Yeah, I thought it was certain species do that in cycles on purpose. There were so there are certain species that do that, and they're usually solitary. But with certain conditions and circumstances, will cause them to become swarming and locusts. So there's no real, as it says here, no taxonomic distinction is made between locust and grasshopper species. Huh? It really is under suitable certain conditions. So, I mean, we don't have locusts here in New England. No. We do, but we have plenty of grasshoppers. With grasshoppers, yes, because so theory, we don't I, have those conditions. Right, but is it, so is it, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but is it environmental leading? Or is it really just, like you said, population and food supply? Like, uh, is it too moist here? Because I feel like locusts, in my opinion, like locust swarms are often associated with dry, flat plains. And, you know, obviously destroying crops en masse and mass. Well, what happens is it's um, conditions, for instance, saying here, such as drought followed by rapid growth. Um, serotonin in their brain triggers a lot of stuff, so they start to breed, breed a the lot. Serotonin does the trigger. Yep. Huh. So they start become more gregarious, they and they start manic. to breed a lot, but then they also become nomadic, so they start so it becomes a huge, dense population. They're all hanging around, they start winging, and they become swarms of winged adults that then just breed and move and breed and move and start just strip crops and stuff. That's a super weird reaction. That's a super weird, because like, if it's a drought, and these guys are eating plant life, right? Well, there's a drought followed by intense vegetation growth. So suddenly, it's them going, we have to eat now, you know? Okay, so you have huge... Perhaps, you perhaps have huge I don't plant, know. Like, you have, you have huge growth in plantation in your food supply. Then suddenly, it gets super dry, and they're like, we gotta eat it while it's ripe. Let's make a huge family perhaps. and just sweep the nation. Exactly. That still feels like a weird response to me. Yes, well, I feel like if anything, the response should be like, "Oh, I should eat my fill and go into like a hibernation mode, like a cicada." Well, nature is filled with weird responses. That's you know? true. That's very true. All right, Mike. Well, you've certainly won this episode with um, a whopping with one a, point. With an amazing one point. Uh, one to rule the world. Excellent. One to rule them all. Well, I'll keep this point safely hidden. Yeah. Um. Before we uh. Tell the folks at home what your prize is this week. Um, are there any more sponsors you want to go through? Uh, no, no more sponsors. Though, of course, uh, let everyone know where to find us and how to subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a Facebook page. Um, we've got uh, a Twitter we're working on, uh, at UFAQ Podcast. And, of course, besides those two sources to send questions, though the Facebook page is not a good place to send questions, the Twitter is, and ufaqpodcast at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate if you tried to block out or black out your answer somehow, and we'd be uh, very excited to read those on air. And we're going to start rolling through those soon. We wanted to get a few episodes to get people into it first, um, and then we'll start doing those. Uh, in terms of subscribing, we're trying to broaden all of our scopes to get you on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Play Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're trying to get all of them. We're new, so it's very helpful if you just share us with friends, word of mouth, to grow the podcast and to grow us uh, as human beings. 
and as fully functioning members of society, which society, society, society. <laughs> you were doing. Quite, I mean, let's not say like you were doing well. You were doing all I was right. Doing mediocre, and then you went society. Society. Um, is that I my prize? A society? Can I get a society? Yes, Whatever Michael, it is. Michael, your prize this week is society. I. It's prize enough for me. <laughs> so with that. I'm Michael Hudkowski. I'm Max Hudkowski. And as always, stay curious. Mm-hmm.